0: And welcome. You're listening to Camille's Demi Hour and in the studio today I am very, very lucky to have these guests. It is Memorial Day weekend, so we hope you all are enjoying the holiday weekend and made it safe and sound to the island. So for the show today, we are talking to two fishermen and one fish store owner as well and a chef as well. That may sound a little confusing, but we're going to we're going to break this down a bit. So <laughs> we have Jonas from Slip 14, And we have Jeff Henderson from
1: Nantucket Fresh Catch, Salty Ball Seafood.
0: There you go. I wanted you to say that. I didn't want to say that. come on. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're going to talk today about fish to table. We all think out there that you order a fish in a restaurant and it seems pretty simple that there's a fisherman out there, he catches it, sells it to the restaurant, and it gets to your plate. But there's a little bit more that goes on behind the scenes. and. For us here on Nantucket, you would think with this vast ocean around us that we'd be able to catch some fish pretty pretty easily and sell it to our restaurants, but you'll learn at the end of the show that uh, th- there's a lot more to it, like we said. So to tell their stories and to tell us about the journey that got them to Nantucket and where they are today, I'm going to have Jonas kick it off, and uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background?
2: Well, first off, happy Memorial Day. Yay. I speak very softly because I'm a fisherman. <laughs> But now, in all seriousness, um, Nantucket's a pretty unique place, um, especially for food and the quality of fish you can get around Nantucket. Um, One of the problems is how do you get that fish to the restaurant and have everything be legal and make sure that it's fresh and handled? Um, That's one of the the problems we foresee, but the long and the short of of me is um, I was a chef uh, in Florida and... Um, had gotten an offer to come to Nantucket to be a chef at the Galley restaurant. Got introduced to a, a couple of people there. Had never really fished offshore for, you know, the species that we sell in restaurants, tunas, cod, um, bottom fish, that kind of stuff. But through the process of meeting guests in the restaurant, I met a, a gentleman who helped, who took me fishing one day, and he said, uh, he said Jonas, do you, you want to go catch a tuna? And I, I thought that was unheard of. You know, just because I'm from Pennsylvania and you don't catch tunas, in cornfields in Pennsylvania. So there we were. And I I thought it was pretty unique that we're in a place where as a chef, you could catch the product that you're going to serve in your restaurant. And didn't really understand the whole commercial legal side of it, but went fishing with the guy who took me. And it was from that day forward that I became a commercial fisherman along with Being a chef and owning a restaurant. So how how long ago was that? That was 1992, and I'm 21 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much, but yes, it was a while ago.
0: So the commercial fishing—is this how you met uh, Jeff? Um,
2: I guess in the commercial, you know, when you're when you're commercially fishing or just you know going out that often to try and catch fish to sell—that's the goal. You know, you're in it to make a dollar, Um, and. As a commercial fisherman, there's only a couple commercial fishermen who really are truly catching fish, going through the legal channels, having the permits to do it. So, you know, Jeff was uh, running a charter business um, and and was also fishing for a couple of the people. And we just kind of connected. And I don't know the exact day, but probably in a bar somewhere that we met initially. And then <laughs> and so, then 40,000 Bud Lights later, here we are.
0: <laughs> so, Jeff, how did you come to Nantucket, and how did you get into fishing?
1: Uh, I came out to Nantucket probably like 20, 25 years ago, um, working with my cousin as a carpenter, you know, back in the, the bigger boom, I guess, if it's such a thing, it's still booming, I guess. But um, we started doing that, and then uh, in the winters I started uh, commercial scalloping and doing that, you know, we are always, everybody's looking for a way to get a better price for their product. So I started to try to, you know, figure out the whole logistics and getting behind wholesaling my own product. So I went and got all the licenses and, and that's how I went about getting involved with the wholesale business.
0: And were you selling first to Nantucket or Boston area? Where were you selling? It was first it
1: was with the base scallops. you know, it was just trying to get them off the island and get them, get a better price for you know my own sc- my own stuff at first and mm-hmm. doing it in the ways
0: and how long did it take for you for that process to happen how long have you been registered it's still
1: in process <laughs> <laughs> it, it changes all the time you know the there's regulations new change new regulations mm-hmm. and new rules and all stuff coming up so
2: i think one of the, the the toughest problems is is it's it's easy enough to go catch a fish it's it's harder to have that fish go through the channel to to get to the table in a restaurant um and that's the one thing that we really want to point out here is that, you know, anybody can go catch a fish. But if you're trying to catch a fish and you're trying to supplement your gas money by selling two-stripe bass you caught to a local restaurant in Nantucket, it is totally illegal. It's not healthy. It's, you know, it's you, there's a lot of health risks involved. If you're not handling that fish, you're serving fish to the public, you know. And who's to say that you weren't drank 100 beers, left it in the cooler, you know, not enough ice. So it's more of a... Not only are you hurting the commercial fishermen, but you're also putting the public at risk. So that's the one thing that we, you know, we really try to focus on. And, and the commercial guys kind of get a bad rap, but it's more about the guys who are trying to, you know, make up some extra money to pay for the fuel or they think it's this, you know, that it's just that easy to take a fish and sell it to ABC Restaurant on Nantucket. And it's it's not legal and it's not right. It, it, it hurts the fishermen and it hurts us on the other end with the buying because then the permitting, the, 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 all the things that go through that the fishermen have to do cost money. So that's in the end, the consumer is, is paying for it in the end. Um, and that's just one of the key things that we, we try to you know make sure that me as a commercial fisherman also being a chef and owning a restaurant is that I hold all the federal permits, all the state permits you know, the tagging of all these fish has to be done, reported, it goes to the state, it goes to the feds. Um, and that's one of the, the, the most important things is that it's done the right way um, to ensure, you know, the health and safety of the public along with, you know, the government saying, hey, that this fish is not going to be outfished, that it is regulated, it is monitored. Um, so that that's kind of one of the, the, the hardest things. And being in Nantucket, there's only, you know, a certain amount of species that you know, you can really target and sell commercially due to the, you know, the viable selling of that product and how much product can you sell here. So, I mean, Jeff knows a lot more about the actual, you know, big volume of it because that's kind of what he handles is, is the guys who come from the Cape or come down and fish the waters around Nantucket, provide Nantucket with a portion of that catch, but then also take it to Hyannis and sell that catch over there. So, you know, they're trying to, to do the right thing and keep the fish local, but they also have to you know, sustain their, you know, permitting and their their catch quantity. And
0: if you're just tuning in, this is Camille's Demi Hour on Nantucket's NPR station. And we are with Jonas Baker from Slip 14 and Jeff Henderson, uh, both commercial fishermen here on the island of Nantucket. Jeff Henderson, as Jonas just was mentioning, the, the different fish species that we catch in and um, around Nantucket, what can we catch now?
1: So right now we do, uh, there's some stripers when that season comes in. Usually in late June, there's obviously tuna fish. Starts uh, June 1st. Um, fluke season. We'll have we'll have some dayboat fluke if the guys are able ever, ever, ever able to land here. If we get the pier fixed in time, you know, and get some landings of some fluke, the guys do some uh, small draggers come in with the fluke here. Um, there's conch fishery. What else? There's a, there's a lobster guy here. Base gallops, base gallops in the winter, you know, we get a lot of that.
0: What have you seen change in, in your history here, in, in your the short time,
1: I guess, that I've been here, you know, it's it's real hard on Nantucket for, for like, a fisherman to land his entire catch here um, just because the island can't hold it, you know. If the guys are allowed uh, 500 pounds every day or 400 pounds a day of fluke, if you were to land every day 400 pounds on the island, it wouldn't take long before, you know, where are you going to sell it all? Right. So, I mean, they have to get it off the island somehow, either by a buy boat or, you know, sell it, drive their boats directly to the Cape themselves.
0: And where in the Cape are we talking Hyannis? Uh, Hyannis, uh, New Bedford. New Bedford.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, there's there's days of my wife's grandfather harpooning swordfish three miles off of, you know, the backside of Mayakama here, you know, just poking around in his boat. Oh, there's a swordfish, you know, and coming home with five of them. I mean, that's but that whole fishery has is 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 coming back but there are certain species but it's just as a commercial fisherman it's getting tougher to sustain what you need the amount of fish you need to catch you know all that stuff and, and keep it all going
0: so the commercial fishing versus recreational fishing what's your perspective on that for the local islanders
2: you want that one or you want me to Yeah you though? go get that one that's a, <laughs> that's, that's a fun one <laughs> I guess just the toughest part is, I mean, me being in the restaurant and, you know, there's always fish tails flying around. Um, I guess the most important part in the su- sustainability side of it is Nantucketers who, you know, and I guess anyone else, but I'm, I'm only talking because I hear the stories here, is take what you need. Everything else, give back, you know, to the ocean because um, if you caught a tuna that's 200 pounds – um, and you caught it on a Monday, and your regulations say you can catch another one on Tuesday, another one on Wednesday, do you really need 600 pounds of tuna at the end of the week for you and your family? You know, when a guy who's trying to sustain and be a commercial, you know, tuna fisherman is this, or, you know, striped bass, I mean, you know, you're allowed, well, the regs are totally changed this year, but in, in previous, it was, it was more of an, an abundance, if you really like to fish, then fish, but return to fish and take what you need. Um, you know, it's kind of – and that, that led into the fact of, well, if I'm allowed three fish, take one fish from my family, sell two backdoor to, you know, monkey bar restaurant, you know, whatever.
0: Hey, I worked at that place. I, I know you did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I heard that. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of my whole thing is that, you know, it, it's – if there's a guy in Nantucket who is commercially fishing for straight bass and all these recreational guys are backdooring the fish to the restaurants um, – you're in essence, you know, hurting the guy who's trying to do it legally because he might have been able to get seven dollars a pound. Now he can only get four dollars a pound because, you know, there's just not the market. So the market gets flooded, and you know, it's just it's a trickle down theory. But you know, it's just trying to do the right thing.
0: Well, I am in the restaurant industry, and I do hear about what's endangered and what you should or shouldn't eat to kind of protect that type of fish, but you don't really hear about what they should and shouldn't do in regards to the parameters of those regulations, and not everyone always does the right thing.
1: I think it's more of, you know, oh, I can get five fish. I'm going to go get five fish, you know, and when I'm going to freeze it. And then all of a sudden, three days later, you end up with a freezer full of fish that, you know, it's, you couldn't eat in three years.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and they're I think long it, winters here, though
1: long winters.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I think you know, for the most part, people who are conscious of you know the fact of of the regulations and you know what 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 actually how it's affected. It's like anything else; you have to kind of do your homework to know you know where you know the moonfish from Hawaii. W- w- you know why is that so endangered? Why shouldn't you eat tilefish because of the merc you know levels or. All these things that people just jump on the bandwagon, you're like, well, you're jumping on, but do you really know what you're jumping on? Um, you know, and the the fact you see, you know, harpoon swordfish on somebody's menu, on you know Nantucket or the Vineyard, that's almost a thing of the past. <laughs> and the fact that it was fresh, negative, probably like 30 days fresh, because if you know, that's just what these longliners go out and they fish for 20 days at sea, they pack it in ice. You know, but unless you knew that how that goes, you'd think, Oh, some guy got in his rowboat and rode off of, of Provincetown and stuck a, a swordfish there and brought it back and we got it in Chatham. Oh boy, isn't that nice? <laughs> you know, and it, it doesn't really play out that way.
0: Well what about when it says day boat? How do you define day boat cod or
2: Dayboat's a weird one? Um, like the
1: scot, the sea scallop industry has day boats and they have trip boats. So a day boat is a smaller limit. Um, and they're allowed it's per landing. You know they they can go out for a couple of days, but they're allowed a smaller catch amount, which gets them back to the dock quicker. Mm-hmm. So usually, like a dayboat scallop is you know within 24 hours to the dock.
0: And what about diver scallops?
1: Ah, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are they really going down there and so, getting them? <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's like a half of one percent are actually diver scallops. It's a it's like a it's like this thing that's there, but it's really not.
0: So there, there's a lot of marketing involved. Yeah. And again, being in the restaurant industry, I've written menus and I know exactly what those words mean and how enticing they are to to read on a menu for guests. So uh, I guess we take ownership because we don't even know that these things aren't even true necessarily.
2: I would think that, you know, the traceability thing that we're all, you know, this cheese was made in so-and-so's farm and it was blah, blah, blah. You know, they're, they're starting to get into that with fish because of the fact that some guy says that this is a harpoon sorefish. Well, great. Well, show me the tag from the boat. Then he shoots it with his little, you know, barcode gun. Boop. And then it gets traced over here. Like the main, the mainers are doing that a lot with like, you can follow your lobster, you know, right. that, that, that type of thing.
0: Oysters have those tracking codes on them, but they're also a little bit more perishable. I know when I worked in the restaurant and I was checking oysters, those bags are all marked.
1: There's a, there's a bunch of companies coming out now that are working on traceability, you know, with barcodes and, you know, some of them you go up to the, fish counter and scan a barcode and up on your phone pops the fisherman with his picture and, you know, there's your fish. That's the fish, you know. And it's coming to where that'll be.
0: And that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, great. that's great. I mean, you can see where your Coca-Cola sure. bottle came from. I'd rather like to know yeah, where that's the Yeah, that's kind f- of born on date. <laughs> <is> my
2: <laughs> well, Why does not your
0: godfish that may be endangered <laughs> that you're eating right now?
2: Right. And that, that's one of the cool things with, with, like we were saying, you know, it's me commercially fishing on Nantucket. I can, in fact, sell it you know, through my federal permits and in fact return that fish to me from who I sold, it, you know, who I, who I sold it to and sell at my restaurant. Somebody says, Hey, you know, is the tuna fresh? I'm like, well, how fresh is this? And you show them a picture of it, you know, or, you know, it's like, this is, this is where it came from. And just the fact that's kind of been one of the things with Nantucket is that there's another, another restaurant owner who fishes commercially and, you know, has the permitting and that, um, So it's kind of nice that that you're kind of known as a place to go for fresh fish on your plate, you know.
0: Being on Nantucket, you would think that this is an easy situation, that we can just go out and catch fish and sell it in a restaurant. But obviously, we're learning that it's not that simple. Again, if you are tuning in and just listening to our program, this is Camille's Demi Hour. We are on Nantucket's NPR 89.5, and we have Jonas Baker from Slip 14. And Jeff Henderson, who is now selling some of his fish out of Bartlett's Farm. So we are talking about the fishing industry and what goes on behind the scenes.
1: Everything. <laughs> there's a lot of beer drinking. <laughs> you
0: guys are just proving that true. Every single question.
1: That's just to kill the pain. But no, there's, uh, you know, we go out, we catch the fish, we uh we bring it back. Um, most of the tunas we have, we do, we, uh, we tag them, we them into the government, take them into the facility, which is, you know, all controlled by the government and all HACCP approved and inspected by all these government people. And then we process the fish there and then distribute it back to the restaurants.
0: What's your percentage of island clients versus off-island clients? Customers stuff.
1: Well, in the summer, I do all everything on the island here, you know, and, and it's a lot of bringing fish in here, and then in the winter, it's obviously you know exporting base scallops off.
2: So, I mean that, that, that goes back to the whole. It depends on what season it is, how many guys are fishing, if the fish are here, if it if it's viable for the fishermen to commercially fish at that time, if if the fish aren't running that good, and the price is three dollars because it's better in Chatham, then the Nantucket guys aren't fishing. So then Jeff is buying fish from, you know, a guy in Chatham, it comes to Hyannis, it, mm-hmm. it comes from Hyannis to here, which is still, you know, one day out, you know, And but that's this whole, you know, where does your fish come from thing, and in trying to do that, there's not there's, there's not a lot of commercial fishermen left on Nantucket. Yeah. So
0: you work in a community with, obviously, the Cape and, and have a relationship with those guys? Yeah,
1: yeah, a bunch of different fishermen, there's guys in the Cape, uh, guys that go to New Bedford, you know, all over the...
0: The place. And so are you out on sea 365 days a year? Or? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> how many days a year do you fish?
1: I don't know, maybe 50, 40, 50, I guess. Your
0: crew is how many? Two of us. Two of you. Yep. That's it's amazing.
2: Fun. It is fun. And that that's the, you know, that's the thing is that as a chef being able to afford a boat and then being able to have the time and that to go fish for the fish that we, you know, that we serve in Jeff may take part of that fish, and if we go to the canyons and catch elephants, um, it makes more sense for us for a couple hundred pounds worth of fish to bring them to Nantucket because the market can sustain you know sustain it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that fuel prices, I mean, just like you're saying, it's 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 a matter of okay, are you looking at fishing as a business and as well as putting it you know fish to table? You know, as much as I want to do that, if I'm paying $18 Eighteen dollars a pound to get a fish, and it's costing me thirty-five dollars a pound for me to go catch it. That's not really a good business deal, right? So, that's what we're saying. It, it's it's what's the market bearing? How much is it paying? Are the fish there? You know, that's kind of the the tough part about any community, and that's why a lot of times you might get salmon from the west coast because the salmon pens in Maine aren't you know producing. or they're holding back there because they're not getting a good price. It, it's a huge juggle, and that's the one thing. I mean, it happens with everything, soybeans, corn, it just, it, you you hear about that more than you do with the fishing side.
0: But you kind of have two things going against you, the seasonality, and then being overfished in this part of the country, which I would think would be high demand for good quality fish. There's a lot
1: of regulations also, you know, with the regulations on like the codfish right now, they've shut down all of Gulf of Maine. So, you know, that just makes it unviable. And you what know, caused that? Ask the, the scientists who've got that all figured out, apparently. I'm, I... <laughs> I don't really want to get into that
0: one. <laughs> so, for the listeners, what do, we, what do we think? Maybe pollution? Is it? I, I mean, I don't. I don't know. They're not th- They're not migrating in the area anymore. Science.
2: <laughs> so it's it's hard to it's hard to take a fish count, and I'm just going to keep it real general. It's hard to take a fish count of where these fish are, what they're doing, unless you drain the ocean. You could say, you know, in a field, you could say <clears throat> there's 20 cattle. And obviously, we can't sell these cattle. You, you can't slaughter any cattle right now because we can see 20, 20 of these cattle. Well, in the ocean, they take like a four-mile you know, span, and then they go out with guys who are fishing. They they multiply that by, you know, whatever, how big the Gulf of Maine is. So multiply that by 20, and wow, it, it, that, it's not the stocks weren't where they were last year. Well, no, it just might be that there was wind for 10 days, and this, you know, it's like, it's all science and numbers, and, you know, I, I understand that's how they have to come up with it, and... Like I said, I, I don't know enough about that side of it because there's a whole political side mm-hmm. for the whole fishery.
0: And there's still an unpredictability in nature, they, naturally. Yeah,
2: they could be on this this sand rip today, and then yeah. tomorrow they're like six miles away on that one. But you think they're there, so you keep fishing there. Right. You know, so it's it's this whole juggle thing.
0: You juggle. So how do you juggle being a chef and doing the commercial fishing when the well, season we don't kicks sleep. in? <laughs> oh, that's that's right.
2: No, it's, <laughs> it's pretty it, – and that's the whole thing is, but there's – Nantucket window shows short with our restaurant season and, you know, everybody coming here and as far as anything. Um, but the fact that when these these tunas run and our waters are warm enough um, or the, the bass come in, the season's so short that you really just have to. If you want to fish commercially and you want to provide fresh fish to the island, the only time you have is about four months, okay. you know, without without the bay scallops or, you know, going into tuna season in the fall. But most of the time, tuna season in the fall, you're selling to the Cape. They're going domestically to New York. They're going to California. They're going to Japan. Um, so it was just kind of an interesting thing that I learned to fish and got so hooked on it because I was so intrigued with serving the fish that I caught in my own restaurant. It's that whole, hey, this is you want to you want to talk about fresh. The quality is here, and this is why it's here because I caught it yesterday or I caught it this morning, um, which. A lot of chefs don't have the time to say that.
0: Nor the capabilities, nor the options, too. So it is amazing that we do have that here on the island. And kudos to you, for sure. And um, I do wonder, Jeff, actually, uh, how much of your catch do you sell to the island?
1: As much as we can, you know. I mean, it's nice to be able to keep local fresh product here on the island. Um, It just, you know, in the summer times, we have like June, July, and August when the amount of people are here that we can, you know— sustain that and keep that fish going and then you know the rest of it we have, have to you know move on other places
0: unfortunately we have to wrap up but i'd love to welcome you guys back another time i'm sure some of our listeners know quite well and others would love to know more about um what, what it takes to be a fisherman 50 days a year that's a lot of work
2: <laughs> you just go out to, you go out to jetty and you catch a tuna that's how easy it is it's easy
0: well any words to the nantucket community about supporting you and trying to conserve the fishing industry on nantucket
1: well, we're going to be opening a, a retail store at Bartlett's Farm here. Um, so that's interesting and fun and exciting.
2: Great. And I would think just one of those things, if, if you do fish a lot and, and you are serious about, you know, getting the commercial aspect, you know, go down the right road. And, and Nantucket would love to see more commercial fishermen doing it the right way, supporting, you know, the fishery. Um, you know, once again, it's a lot harder. It's a lot more costly to that person. But, you know, it's a matter of, of doing the right thing and and. You get a good feeling about about giving and getting back. So
0: everyone will will be uh, a winner at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, I I need a hug.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Big hugs! Thanks for coming in today. And again, you're listening to Camille's Demi Hour with Jonas Baker from Slip 14 and Jeff Henderson from
1: Nantucket Fresh Catch and Salty Ball Seafood is the wholesale one.
0: Let's keep it fun. Let's do it. (laughs) Thank you, and have a great Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. And remember, drink responsibly. And that means think and savor or savor and think. A little can go a long way. Cheers.